You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Today, we're blessed to have Daniel Hang share the word. Now, for those who don't know Daniel Hang, he's been a precious part of this church for about 20 years, I think. And he is an OG, which is not an original gangster, but an original grad of Holy Fire Ministry ministry Training School. (laughs) (laughs) And he's also a dear friend of ours and someone that I, I I look up to. And I'm also very proud of him. And uh, he's been a great support to this ministry. So he'll tell you maybe a little bit more about his ministry uh, if it's your first time. Um, but he go, him and his wife, Daniel and Diane, go around Australia. And they share with people about Jesus and his love and, and pass out Bibles and other gifts And they've uh, been doing this for a while, but they go to the remote places and the places that people forget. So I won't take up any more of his time. Let's just give him a warm welcome. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see your faces. Uh, Diane promised me she'll wave. Diane sent her greetings. She hasn't been very well, but uh, she wanted to say, to say hello, and she also wanted to say thank you so very much to all of you for, um, for supporting us, for, because we just praying for us and giving to us and helping us, because we couldn't go without you. So she sends her love. All right, my name is Daniel, as, as Pastor Glenn was saying, and my wife and I, we have been a part of this church for about 20 years. And the Lord called us about 18 years ago. I was a clinical nurse working at PA Hospital. And then I hurt my back really badly. I ended up um, on a journey through the wilderness. And, and God called me out of that. And it's a really interesting story. So I might be able to share with you one day. He called us to this ministry in the desert, actually literally in the desert, about um, 100 k's from uh, Uluru. And, um, and, and he called us to do this. So, and, and since then, we have been miraculously provided by the Lord to share, and we don't share in churches at all. Actually, I lie once we've shared at church, apart from our home church, in the town of Broome. Um, the pastor was silly enough to ask us to come, and the fire of God, I don't know whether the congregation knew what to do with that or not, but uh, we literally go out onto the streets and we, we, we connect with people. And we've connected with people for 18 years. And as Di says one day in a, in a blog a while ago, how, you know, how have you lasted this long? And we've just done it one step at a time. Just one, one, one trip at a time. And we couldn't do it without you guys. I remember the first time we, we bought Bibles. It was a real step of, of faith. I, I've, I've, I've had a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's been a real stretch of my faith. And, 
and, and God challenged me to, you've got to buy some Bibles to take with you. So we spent six, I think I put the biggest purchase of Bibles I've ever done. I spent about $1,600 on Bibles on my credit card. And that day I got home, there was a, there was a check in the mail from, from, from the Post, Australia Post. And it said, oh, we please, uh, we're so sorry, Mr. Heng, but you've got these two uh, superannuation funds that you've forgotten about. Here's a, this is the money we owe you. Here's $1,600. And, and he's been recklessly been, been providing like that ever since. Uh, I remember once we um, needed to put a CB radio in a car because when you travel through the desert areas, it's like silly if you don't have means of communication. And I, I wrestled over that because, you know, to me those days, I had a real, like, love of money. You know, I was feeling very insecure with stepping out in faith. And... And it was about $500 to, 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 to connect it to the car. And I, we, but we did it in faith. The next day, my father called. He lives in Melbourne. He said that uh, a friend of his who worked for Compassion for India, uh, God woke him up that night and says, I want you to give Peter Heng, that's my dad, uh, son, $2,000. Um, and so, you know, I've, we spent $500 on this CB radio and God gave us $2,000 uh, for, the, for the trip. It doesn't always happen like that. But, um, you know, God just stretches you and then he just, and everything that you hear from Pastor Glenn, from Pastor Anna, from anything from the pulpit, it's really about um, when God gives you a revelation, it's really an invitation God gives you to step out in faith. It's an invitation to access what he's given you through the truths that are being shared to say, okay, God, what do you want to do with this? And Diane and I, uh, probably about 20 years ago, we had a a, a life group, uh, a cell group with uh, here at the church, and, and we dared to be silly enough to say, okay, God, challenge us. We really want to live the gospel, so show us. And ever since then, God's been doing that. And that's not just for Diane and myself, it's for all of us. And we've been through to a whole lot of different places, um, traveled in a whole lot of different ways, and, and we've met probably thousands of people, but I would say probably 96% of the people we've met have never, ever read the Bible. So you think Australia is a Christian country? Actually, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, and, and God's just, it's wonderful to see God touch people because, you know, you grow up, you think you have a, a, a corner on life. You have a handle on life, you know? And, and then when you meet something that's a far superior in reality than your reality, you think, you see people, he comes and he shakes your box. and He shakes their box and you can see God does this miraculous interaction with people and you just think, I'm so privileged to be able to see this. And there's a scripture that God uh, sh showed us when we send our newsletter around. Some of you get our newsletter, but, uh, which we just sent last week, but some of you don't. So I want to share some stories from today but also some of the lessons that God's, God's given me a message for today. So I want, I, want to, I want to share that with you. But the verse of Scripture comes from John 9, chapter 9. And if you've got a pen and piece of paper, some of these things are good to write down. Um, just, just references. You can look it up later. And also I will give you some, Diane will kill me because she says, don't you dare. It's not about this. It's about a blog. But um, if, you know, I'll give you some page numbers for a blog that would be quite good for you to... <laughs> Good for you to be able to, to, to do further study into. Firstfloormessages.com. Or if you want the archive where uh, there, there's probably all her messages since December, it's firstfloormessages.wordpress.com. Okay, John chapter 9. 
Jesus and the disciples meet a blind man. And, and, and they say, you know, is he blind because, because he sinned or because his parents sinned? I'm just paraphrasing really badly. And, and Jesus said, neither. And he says this. He says, neither. It happened to him, the blind man from birth, so that you could watch him experience God's miracle. While I am with you, it is daytime, and we must do the works of God who sent me while the light shines. For there is a coming a dark night where no one will be able to work. As long as I am with you, my light is the light that pierces the world's darkness. And that's what we've seen. Diane and I are not special people. We're just people that have learned over the years to say yes to Jesus. Okay? And, and so I want to encourage you guys to make your yes be bigger than your no. <laughs> okay? And, that's, and that's, how, that's how things happen. Okay? That's, and you get the privilege to see not just God working, you get the privilege to start to understand and appreciate the wonderful Heavenly Father that we serve. All right. We just got back from our trip about two, two and a half weeks ago. And I will, first of all, just give you some statistics, some figures, and then I'll go into the bulk of the message. Is that okay? Yeah. Yep. Now, if you get bored, um, just put your hand up. We might stand up or something. But let's pray first. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Jesus, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we just, uh, we just surrender this time to you. We say, come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Thank you for, for, for all you've done through the worship time already. We just want to pray for this time right now. That, uh, yeah, I'm going to be out of the way, Lord. You just take over. You just prepare every heart and every mind. We just speak peace to every mind right now in Jesus' name, in every heart. Lord, that uh, we will be able to open the gates of our hearts to be able to receive all that you have for us. So we just want to open the gates. We want to say, yeah, we confess we, we're hungry and we want to be even more hungry and even more thirsty to receive from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Title of the sermon, Glenn, very difficult, but we'll talk about it later. Okay, some statistics. We traveled for eight days, and out of the eight days, for those who don't know, uh, uh, Di got sick, got quite sick during this, this trip. And I just want to just give testament that um, she was just inspirational. She was so brave, and she just kept saying yes to Jesus. And she kept saying, no, we're doing, we, we, we've come for, for the Lord, so you just got to keep going. Even if I can't go, you, you go. And so the poor thing, she had a con- facial condition that inflames her face. And, 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 um, it, but it's been settled for the last three years, and it's just, just enemy attack and just opposition. It just blew up really badly. But so in, in, the, in the eight days, probably two days, we were forced to just be at home or where we were staying. And so a lot that's happened has happened in the six days, the six remaining days. So we traveled for about 1,500 kilometers. We just went down south into New South Wales. And, but during the six days, we connected with about 30 people. And we gave away about 390 things. Of the 390 things, that included 285 Bibles, 21 bookmarks the die makes, um, some pens, uh, shopping vouchers, $30 shopping vouchers that we brought with us, blank, 22 blankets, 20 cartons of milk, groceries that you guys just generously, so generously donated that we could take with us. And we also gave away some um, uh, prophetic paintings that God got me painting, 
people who don't know, I had hand surgery 12 weeks ago, and, and I couldn't use my right hand, and I'm a, that's my dominant hand. So God did a miracle. He helped me to paint with my left hand. And people were really, really touched with, 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 with some of these paintings. And also, we gave away about 13 prophetic words and letters. And I want to read a prophetic letter afterwards, whether it's for someone online or whether it's for someone here. Um, I, but the Lord wakes me up and he, he gives me instructions. And sometimes he'll say, this is a word, and the person you're going to meet, it's for this person. And then, it, you know, you just go, wow, okay. And every time it's like the first time you think, wow. First of all, you get terrified. And then you, go, then you get amazed and you think, heck, you know, I think there is a God. <laughs> anyway, we, I want to say thank you because we're so grateful for your prayers, all of you, and for those online. Uh, we couldn't do it without the grace of God, without the body of Christ supporting us. You know, there are no lone rangers in the body of Christ. We're all meant to be connected. And we also want to just en encourage you to um, just what Pastor Glenn's been preaching over the last few weeks about the prophetic. Uh, I want to give you examples of, of what God does. And it's, the prophetic is not just for the church. It's actually for out there. It's a sign and it's a wonder. It's a sign to help pe point people towards our wonderful God and make them wonder. And a lot of the people that we talked to were literally, these were like first steps that they've actually encountered Jesus. And so um, it's, it's a wonderful gift that God gives to help us. And we all play, I want to encourage all of you that we all play a vital part in God's kingdom. All of us, from the youngest, from the youngest person here to the oldest person here, okay, you are not irrelevant to God. You're all needed and vital in, as a part in God's kingdom. You know, I just heard some, st some statistics the other day from a missionary who was in, from the Middle East. He was being interviewed and he said, you know, when light doesn't go out there, darkness will take over. And he was talking about 9-11. Um, um, and he was saying that uh, during the, because of the war in Afghanistan, many, many fathers were killed. Many fathers were killed. And so he said a lot of the terrorists, 16 of the 19 terrorists that were involved in 9-11 were orphans. And he said that, um, you know, Christians were asked to come into Afghanistan, but a lot of them refused. And they, he, he used this term, he said, they chose to look after Isaac instead of Ishmael. And, 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 and I just want to encourage all of us that we don't have to go to Afghanistan, but we, we can... The word God's given me today is for all of us about how we can move today. And it's for Jerusalem, Judea, and all the rest in the ends of the world. And, yeah, the, the prophetic is powerful, and that Pastor Glenn's been speaking about it, and I think it's just wonderful. So I'm going to be um, just uh, going into the message now. One morning, God woke me at 1.11. And this, the title of this message would be, One God, One Person, one way. Easy. Okay, he woke me up at 1.11. And I woke up. And sometimes the Lord disturbs me. He wakes me up. And I think, okay, Lord, first of all, I think I'm trying to get back to sleep. I'm really, really silly. <laughs> and after a while, he says, I've, I've, I treat, I, you know, it sort of figures, oh, maybe you want to speak to me, Lord. Okay. Um, but this time I woke up at 1.11. And I just heard very strongly in my spirit just this sentence. He says, Pay attention. This is very important. 
So I'm like, whoa, okay. And then a couple of mornings later, I woke up again at the same time and he sort of reinforced it. I said, Lord, what's that about? That's a good question to ask. Every time God does something, even if he asks you a question, be like a Ezekiel. Lord, only you know. <laughs> you tell me about it. Anyway, and so the Lord started to speak to me. He says, 111 is 111. And he says, tell the people that all they need to do to move is to remember this, that you have one God and you have one person in front of you and you have one way. I'll go through. Those are my three points. So we'll start with the first point, one God. And he said, you, you cannot do anything in me without me. And he said, the secret place matters. There's a, we, we've been very much influenced by Iris Global, uh, Iris Heidi and Roland Baker, and, and they have a, a catch cry. They, they say, stop for the one. So my, my encouragement to all of you for point one is this. Just stop for the one. Stop for the one. Capital O, stop for the one. The secret place matters. Not for projects, not for what you can do for him, but because if you're not connected to him, you cannot do anything. You cannot even function. And, and over the last few years, I've, I've been sick. I've had a lot of things happen to me. And I've learned God's been good. He's been testing my faith. He, he's showing me that, that in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Diane made it, uh, said it very clearly. The Lord spoke to her and said, in, a, in that scripture, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. She, the Lord asked her, do you want the answered prayer or the outcome or do you want my perfection? And I've been learning that, that weakness can be our strength. And sometimes what we think is our strength can be our ultimate weakness. Okay? Um, and I want to read to you John chapter 15. You can write that down, verses 4 to 6. I'll read it first in the NIV version. It says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Then it goes on to say, just in case that wasn't clear enough, apart from me, you can do nothing. In the, uh, the, the Passion Translation, it says it, remain in life union with me. It says your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to me. And it says, um, as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. I think that says it. And, and I think we understand that um, fruit is produced from the, the, the branch, the sap that flows through the branch. The sap that flows through the branch comes from the main branch, which is Jesus. And so that's the way it is. We can't produce fruit by ourselves. We can just have man-made ones. Okay, it's probably all the preservatives and everything, but it's, you know. Anyway. The psalmist David Psalm 27, this is one that a lot of people quote from. Verse 4, he says, Here's the one thing I crave from Yahweh, the one thing I seek above all else. I want to live with him 
every moment in his house. You know, when David said that, that's why God said David had a man after, he's, got a, he's a man with a heart like mine. The temple had not yet been built. And yet he says, I want to live with him every moment in your house, he says. He was saying that he longs to be surrounded with God's presence and closed, and closed by God himself. Beholding the marvelous beauty. The word beauty there in the original language is translated as sweetness, the graciousness, the goodness, the loveliness, the delightfulness, the splendor, the awesomeness of God. Okay? Be captured by that. Okay? So don't go to God for your answered prayers. Don't go to God for projects. I mean, they're all side things. They're side conversations you have with him. Go to him because he is delightful, because he is sweet, because he is good. Why? Because you need it. In order, to, I've realized I need it. We all need it in order to survive, in order to thrive. And he says, and then God says, I heard your voice in my heart say, come seek my face, verse 8. My inner being responded, Yahweh, I'm seeking your face with all my heart. So it's a call and a response, an ebb and a flow. It's, it's a, as, as Pastor Glenn said yesterday, uh, last week, it's a relationship. It's a relationship. Okay. So my question to you here, first of all, is, are you bad at relationships? If you are, fix it, especially with him, okay? But fix it. Learn to live, learn to quiet yourself and listen to the master as a way of life. The place to live. Learn to be acquainted, to be comfortable in love. Mel Tari was a, a missionary. Uh, was a, 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 he, God touched him during the Indonesian revival. This is years ago. He wrote a couple of mighty, beautiful books like a mighty wind and a gentle breeze of Jesus. And he says, our relationship with Jesus is a two-way street. He wants us to pour our hearts to him and vice versa. He longs for someone who would love him enough to be concerned about the things that concern him, who would listen to his secrets and treasure them. He says he wants all of us, but he also says that this is an exchange, but I'll give you all of heaven. And I think that's a wonderful thing, a wonderful picture. And John 15 also says, 4, he says, Jesus says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Okay? It's the thing, God's love is the thing that keeps us alive, that keeps our heart beating, that keeps the fire of God burning within us. And 1 Corinthians 13, the last, it says, remains the three things, faith, hope, love, but greatest of this is love. If you take the chapters away, the beginning of chapter 14, it says, uh, it's actually a continuation of what Paul, the Apostle Paul was saying. He says, love surpasses them all. Okay, so we need to be comfortable and acquainted with love. And first of all, stop for the one, the ultimate one. That's point number one. One God. When we went away, we um, had a lot of uh, experiences with people and what happened with people. Actually, before I go on to it, I want to share the story of Beth. 
But before I do that, I just want you to encourage you guys. Someone said this, and I thought it was so beautiful. He says, be so close to Jesus, be so close to him, that when he walks, the dust on his feet falls on your face. And I thought, that's just such a beautiful picture. You know, just, just be that close to him. Because you, this world teaches us that we change when we learn things, okay? But in the kingdom culture, we change when we're close to him. It's very much a very different thing, okay? So be close to him. Beth, we encountered Beth in a town in New South Wales. I won't give where because she, she is a senior. We discovered later that Beth is a senior um, case manager who works in a women's shelter. And she deals every day with domestic violence issues. And currently when we were there, we saw her. We had to meet her. She wouldn't give us her address. We had to meet her in a secret rendezvous when we got down there. And uh, they, were, they had about five female families, um, women with, who had fled from uh, violent situations with their own children. And we brought all the groceries. We felt to bring all the groceries you guys gave, gave us plus we called them the, day, the, the week before and says, what do you especially need? And they said, we need milk. So we just filled the car with 20 cartons of milk. And God bless our son who helped pack the car. It was just filled with blankets and milk and all sorts of other things. And we, we brought it down. And, and, and when Beth came out, we learned something very interesting. We learned that in our weakness that God's strength is made perfect. And the perfection of his strength it's actually the person of Jesus himself. We, we discovered some things that were new on this trip, that you don't have to do anything before God touches the people, the person you're going to speak to. Beth came out with a trolley to, to, for the goods, and we just started just, hi, this is Diane, and I'm Daniel. And before we, I even said anything much else, <laughs> she said to me, she said, I've just got goosebumps all over me. I'm not like that. I've got goosebumps all over me. What's this about? And we're like, oh, we sort of, well, we just came to let you know that we came all the way from Brisbane because, you know, because Jesus loves you. He sent us, he sent us to, to tell you that he's just crazy in love with you. And, and we started to, and Di had a bookmark, a special bookmark for her, and Di had a prophetic word for her. And then she starts to, you see tears start to glisten and fall down her face. And, and this is a woman that deals with domestic violence situations. And she's a tough woman. And she's, um, she starts to cry and she says, I'm not normally like that. I'm, you know, I'm not normally like that. I don't know why. But the more we could, we could sense the presence of the Lord just all over her. And, and sometimes, you know, you can just say to people, look, that's just the presence of Jesus. You know, he died 2,000 years ago. He he took our sins and then he came back and he now lives inside me and he's so crazy about you. He can't do anything but just want to touch you. He just wants you to know that he loves you and it's just special to him. It's as easy as that to share that with someone. Okay, but she was just, and the, and the more we shared, the more the tears just started flowing and it was just dripping off her face, dripping off her face. And, um, and, and we discovered this, that when you live in the kingdom, you bring the kingdom. It's as easy as that. It's not a commodity you buy. It's not something you can learn. It's a vicinity with a person. And wherever you go, he goes. And we discovered that Jesus was touching Beth, and we really didn't have to work that hard. You know, we were bringing things, but we just, and it was like pulling on a string. You know, the more 
she, 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 she cried, the more open she was, the more she was like, I don't know what's happening to me, but I'm not normally like that, but we were able, it's like pulling on a stream, we were able to give her word after word and testimony after testimony. And we, uh, we, we gave her a prophetic painting and uh, uh, to speak hope to, to, the, to the families that they were looking after. But um, it really was a, just a wonderful picture of how, how God can start to rattle our cage and start to go beyond the boxes that we think, I've got life figured out, but maybe I don't. Maybe there's someone else out there that I don't know that, who, who loves me, and that's just freaking me out, sees me completely naked on the inside, but I'm not worried about it, you know? Um, and I just think God is just wonderful. So point number one, one God. The second point, so one, one, one. The second point is this, one person. We all meet people. Okay. We go on trains, we go on buses, we go online. We have emails, we have texts, we go on phones. We, we connect with people all the time. And here's an exercise. If you, if you just take a, your a little notebook and you make a little mark, every time you come into close proximity with someone, let's say two meters, put a tick on it. And at the end of the day, count how many people we've actually been connected with or in touch with, in contact with. And then how many people you've actually then said, yes, Jesus, I'm going to, I'm going to step out in, in faith. It's an interesting exercise. The Lord got me doing that, and I think it's really interesting. that We meet more people than we realize, either through phone, SMS, social media, whatever, or in person. There's a, there's a pastor, his name is Surpresa. And he, um, he, he asked a question. He said, what is love? And love is to give attention to the person next to you. It's as simple as that. And um, we, we had a, the, the privilege of, of having a missionary in Mozambique share with us. And she said, if you, when you honor, you honor your father in heaven when you honor his child on earth. And, and why I said the first point being one God being acquainted with love is because that's the currency of the, of the kingdom. And so one person, we have to be acquainted with loving the person next to us. Stop for that one. Stop for the one. Because first of all, we stop for the one in heaven, and now we stop for the one here on earth. You honor your father in heaven when you honor his child on earth. You know, Jesus has a heart for the one. Because he said, he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. You know, I look at Jesus and I think, my experience with the Lord is, and Diane's experience with the Lord is, is, is limited. You know, we, we, we're learning, we're still learning. And he, sometimes he will speak to us. He says, he'll say, like, clearly during this trip, a couple of times he says, pull this painting out, here's a word. That's for the person you're going to meet. And I'll share some stories about that again. But we don't know who we're going to meet. We're just going to let life unfold, the day unfold before us. Okay. And I have an idea that sometimes that happened to our Lord Jesus too when he was here on earth. The, the crowds pressed in on him. He spent time with the Father. The Father might have given him words. Probably he, he's, he's got the Holy Spirit un, unlimited 
okay? And the Lord's probably constantly speaking to him about, oh, you're going to meet this person, you're going to meet that person, whatever. But I believe also that um, he encountered people as life happened. And that's what happens to all of us. Life happens, and we encounter people. We think, yeah, that, that's just a coincidence, or that's just life. But we don't think this is the, the, the design of the Holy Spirit. This is something that's part of the plan of our commission, of our ministry. And we need to change that to say, okay, if someone's in front of me and he's a, he has a need or she has a need, I don't go to Pastor Glenn and say, can you do this? Um, maybe God is saying, Daniel, can you do this? Okay, and you know, we can. You know why? Because this side of the cross, it says we've been given every heavenly blessing. Jesus, what Jesus did creates this wealth of resource that we need to be able to access in faith and say, yep, I've got it because you're here with me. So stop for the one. You know, Jesus, he said, just do an exercise, just a quick five seconds, just go through in your mind the people he encountered, the woman with the issue of blood, um, the father whose son kept falling into the fire with epilepsy, uh, the Gadarene demoniac, the centurion, Nathaniel, okay, Nicodemus. That he, he just trusted that the Holy Spirit would bring the people. And then there was something, the woman, by the, the woman at the well, you know, he went there, he just sat down, and maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit said, just go this way. And so he trusted. And then there was a woman, he knew that God had something for him. John 15, verse 14 says, You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command. And another person said, uh, asked this, me this, asked us this question. Uh, what does love look like on a day-to-day basis? And it looks like obedience. Okay? Love has to look like something. It's not enough to say something. It's, it has to look like something. I, I want to give you uh, just a, a page that, of, of one of Dai's blogs. It's page 2248. If you want to write it down and look it up at some stage. I think she, she, she talks about love. But, uh, but John 15 verse 9 says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continue to let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, for I continually live nourished and empowered by His love. So I want to say to you guys today that the person next to you is your ministry. Don't think, I'm not qualified. Ah, oh, does Jesus live inside you? Then you're qualified. Okay. I don't understand anything about love. Well, then get busy receiving his love and then giving it away to the next person you see. You know, we've had the privilege of going to Toronto to, to the revival there in 2008. And... Um, it's, it was a wonderful experience, but in the church, um, when you leave the building, over the doors, when you leave the building, right over the top of the, of the, of the doors when you leave are these words, you are entering the mission field. And it's so true, you know. Um, you don't have to share the, 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 the spiritual, four spiritual laws. You don't have to share the, a thesis from the Bible. You just have to share love. That's it. 
And sometimes love can be a, a loving uh, gaze. It can be a kindness in your eyes. It can be something more practical. It can be encouragement. It can be comfort. It can just be just keeping somebody company. You know, uh, um, I had a guy once, um, I was at Coles. I wasn't even looking at him. I was just paying the checkout, speaking to the checkout, and I heard this voice behind me. I was in a car accident 19 years ago, um, and, um, and he, he talked about himself, and I, I turned around, and, and he was talking to me. And, and so uh, after we got me through the checkout, I, 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 was, I connected with him, I gave him some things, and he says, oh, I really needed to hear that, and I really needed this. I think what we gave him, I gave him a shopping voucher and some encouragement and some, a prophetic word. But, you know, uh, sometimes things happen because they, people respond to the presence of God, to the Spirit of God. And, and you don't have to... I think it's religion to think that we have to do something for God to do something sometimes, you know. I'm not saying it's all like that, but, but, but sometimes God just does things and you just have to be training yourself, your senses to be sensitive and not go, you know, hey, maybe that's God. You know, and I'm the, I'm the silliest one there. I, I, I often die, I, I'm connecting with somebody, I'm just chatting with somebody. I, I talk to everybody. I talk to everybody um, in the lift, on the phones, just the other day. Die made a new, we made a new book for our, our latest trip to give away. And when we were on the phone to um, Vistaprint um, and we were talking, it was just natural, natural for me to, um, to uh, these are the photos I've taken on our trips and the Die puts it all together and she put it in Psalm 100 but there's also a prophetic word in there. And, and, but I was speaking to the lady on the phone and, and I said, look, you know, we want to bless you because what you're doing um, helps us to help other people. And I was sharing the love of God with her on the phone. This Vista print lady was trying to help us to uh, make the printing of this book. And at the end, she said, she was so touched by the Lord, she said, I'm going to go speak to my supervisor. We're going to give you a, a, thirty, a, a, a gift voucher so that, um, to help you with your order. And, you know, and so we said, oh, we're going to order three books. But now we're going to order four. So, because, you know, he gave us one for free. But, you know, just I talk to and, and everybody. But even when I do, sometimes I, I miss the Holy Spirit's prompting. And Dai says, did you, did, you, did you forget to give him something? I'm like, oh. And, then, you know, I'll, I'll go and grab something out for the person. But, you know, it happens to all of us. Um, but on this last trip, we, we, we met um, some testimonies. Um, I met a young, a young lady, Nikki. We, we, we were giving away Bibles in the caravan parks, and, and this caravan park was 10 kilometers from where we were, but sometimes, you know, we, we can drive 20 kilometers for one person. We go, and, and, and the Lord said um, that morning before we went on the journey for, for our assignment, uh, pull out this painting, this prophetic painting you painted, and this is a word for the person you're going to meet. So I go into the office, cold, and, um, and, and Dye said, I feel I've got this special bookmark for her. So I, I would go in there, I give it to her, and I said, um, you know, Jesus has sent us. And uh, uh, just to, because he loves grassroots as Aussies, and he just, we, we just want to bless you guys with this. And, and she, was, she was really open. She starts to tear up. And, and, and um, Dye made a special bookmark, and she said, I hope you're a book reader. She's, I, I devour books. She's, and she started to come alive. And, and, and so then I gave, gave her the prophetic pain. And she starts to cry. 
And she starts to say, you don't know how much this means to me. And it means to me right now, I'm going to frame this. And she says, and she's so receptive to the, to, to, to the love of Jesus. There is, well, as a matter of fact, we actually have uh, these gifts for the caravan park. Oh, whatever you want to give me for the park, I'll take. And so um, we were able to give away about 30 Bibles, including kids' Bibles. Um, and she was just so happy to take it. But, you know, you never know. And this was our caravan park in the middle of bush bush somewhere. We had to drive in 10 kilometers in order to find this place. But she was just so open to the Lord Jesus. You never know who you're going to meet uh, on Anzac Day. We, um, we were just driving around. We got to this other caravan park. And, and the Lord said, pull out this other prophetic painting. And I was going to go into the office to, to speak to the two ladies in there. But I was waiting because she was serving somebody else. And, um, and then she, um, there was a man just sitting outside having a smoke. And the Lord said, that painting's for him. Speak to him. So I spoke to him, and God said, don't start off with all this Jesus stuff. He said, just ask him, how, how, how's the fishing? So I said, how's the fishing? He says, oh, some people say it's good, some people say it's not. I'm like, you know, it's just really, I'm like, oh, okay. So it depends on whether you're a good fisherman or not. <laughs> and we just have this chat. And then, and then, then the Lord says, um, give him the painting. And he says, this is the prophetic word I have for him. And he, this is an Australian guy. You know, he's probably in his 30s, big red bushy beard, having a smoke. And he was just so touched. He was so touched that God would want to speak to him. And, and later on, after I was finished and I was leaving, he was a, he's a workman that was just working in a nearby area. He just called out and says, Daniel, thank you so much for everything. I just want to say thank you. And, 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 but, you know, first contact with the Lord, I think wonderful. Uh, another one later, we went to another caravan park, and we, her name was Renee. And I was waiting to speak to her. This is also shows you how human that we are. We're not anything fancy. I was waiting to, sp- waiting to speak to offer Bibles, um, but people kept coming into the office. So I, I would just wait around, and I knew it was going to be my turn next. But I was getting intimidated because people would just come into the office and wait to be served. She was the only one there. And this gay couple came in too. And I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm happy to stop for the one. I'm happy to speak to the one. It's happened to me several times, but I don't want an audience. I don't want a crowd of people, you know. Uh, I, I don't like that. I feel very un- uncomfortable, very intimidated by that. But then so I said to <laughs> in my flesh, I said to the gay couple, you want to go first? You want to get served? And she said, no, no, you're here. You go first. Oh, great Jesus. So I says, what do you want me to say, Jesus? He says, just tell them how much you, I love them. I love her and I love them. And that I've come to, to just uh, share, share the Lord's love and the, the good news with them. And she was so happy, and, but uh, I had, a, again, a book. She makes these bookmarks, and they're all different. She made about 50 for this trip, and they're all different. But, you know, and then we, you, get to, you get to test your faith. You get to, to test your, you train your hearing. It's this one. So we give this one. She pulled this one out, so I give it to her. And Renee says, that's my favorite color. And she holds it up to her blouse. Can you see? It just matches everything. I just love it. And, you know, and that's the opening. You know, that leaves an opening big enough for you to drive a truck through, you know. And you, you're able to share by the Lord. And, and I'm sharing and I'm like timidly looking at, at this couple. And they're like, and they're, they're like this, they're, the faces are glowing. And they're, they're smiling away going, keep going, keep going, you know, like that. And it's like, oh, okay, good. You know, I got to share with more than one pe- person um, about, about the love of Jesus. And, and, and that, was, uh, that was Renee. So... First point, stop for your Father in heaven. Second, stop for the person. One one God, one person. 
stop for the one. And the last one, one way. I've already talked about this. The one way, love. Stop for the one way. That's why you need to be acquainted with love. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. This is the Passion Translation. Actually, it's the Message Translation. It says, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive and offend. Forgive quickly as, and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love, it says. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Not the American Express, never be without love. Okay. Um, and, and, and something that I heard Di say that, that really blessed me, it says, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, uh, is what's produced when you're connected to the vine. But she said, when people eat of that fruit in your life, they taste heaven. It's a taste of heaven. So let the Holy Spirit produce his fruit from the sap of his love so people can eat the fruit and have a taste of heaven. Love looks like something. Okay. And, and we, we learn in Christianity a lot of truths about God from the Word of God. But I just want to put up something that not all truths are, are horizontal. Not all truths are equal. Some truths are vertical. What does that mean? Okay. It means that, um, that let's talk about love. God is love. That's truth. But when you start to talk about truth without love, you no longer have the truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'll say that again. Um, God is love, and that is truth. But when you speak, start to talk about truth without love, you no longer have the truth. Okay. And, and so it's like the fruit of the Spirit. Peace, joy. It comes from the sap of love. You know, if it comes from something else, and a lot of my life, I grew up in Christianity, a lot of my life, that's what God wants. So I'm going to be peaceful. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be kind. But I was doing it out of duty. I was doing it out of um, something else, works. Okay, but the true fruit comes from the love. The love will bring that peace. The love will bring that kindness. The love will bring that gentleness that self-control, that faithfulness. Let the love become the sap that flows through your life and produce that fruit, that one-way love. You know, a lot of the times, uh, Adam and Eve were, there were two trees in the garden we talk about. This is not my, my revelation. This comes from someone else. There's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of, of life. You know, let's, let's eat from the tree of life. Okay, that's where love comes from. That's where the life of God comes from. Through Beth's life, through Sean's, Nikki's, Renee's, people we touch, it came from the tree of life. You know when you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where you start to have a really clear idea what is good. That's not good. That's bad or whatever. It, it, it produces the fruit of judgment. Okay, eat from the tree of life. That produces the fruit of love. And where do you eat the tree of life from? Where you stop for one, the one God. You stop there, stop there. Start to, be, start to receive the love of God so you can give it away. 
You can't give something that you don't have. And, and, Jesus, um, and, and Jesus is our example. You know, um, 1 John 4, 16 says, So we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And when that happens, wherever you go, even if you're not aware of it, God starts to touch the people around. He starts to change the atmosphere around you. And um, I've spoken to my granddaughters about this, uh, the principle of sowing and reaping. You know, in this world, in this world, uh, the world's way is if you don't have something, you go and, and you buy it or you acquire it, you earn it, you do something to get it. The way of the, of the kingdom is different. The way of the kingdom is if you don't have it, sow it anyway. Give it anyway. Okay, so sometimes some of us have terrible backgrounds. We come from pain. We come from brokenness. And we think, I am just useless. I have nothing to give. But if Jesus lives inside you, even if you feel you've got nothing to give, the thing you think you need, give it anyway. Okay? And I said, Lord, what, what, show me in the Word what that means. And he said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it bears no fruit. And, Jesus, and he said, and the Father said to me, the Holy Spirit said to me, before I expected you to sow and reap, I did it myself. I sowed my son. He says, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. So he sowed himself in order to reap her family. Does that make sense? Yeah. So choose the one way, love. And if you don't have it, if you feel like you don't have it, give it anyway. Give it anyway, in faith. Why? Because this side of the cross, what Jesus died for, it's there. You just haven't accessed it yet. So access it in faith. How do, how do you access it in faith? God says, do this. All right, I'll do it. Not because I can, because you said you want to. And what he says, he will perform. Okay? And from here, I want to share one last story, if I've still got time. Uh, a testimony from Michelle. Michelle was the last person we met on our journey. It was, uh, we had a fairly tough time, as we said. Di was ill. There was a lot of sleeplessness. Poor darling. We had to put the air conditioning. It was cold, but we had to put the air conditioning at maximum cold. She had six fans on her. She was sleeping on ice packs. So every night we'd have to take the ice packs off and replace it with a new one. So we had a lot of sleepless nights. So when it came to the end of the trip, we were driving home. We were tired. I was tired. I was thinking, home, bed, you know, home. But we had to stop halfway in the town of Grafton on the way home. And, but that morning, the Lord said, pull out this prophetic painting, and, um, and I've got a word for the person you're going to meet. I said, like, okay, God. Yeah, I didn't feel very spiritual about anything. But, when we, but we, we called ahead and said, can we check in a little bit early? And Michelle was very kind. She says, yep, you're ready to come in anytime. So when we got there, and Di says, I really want to give her a thank you gift. I want to give her a bookmark. I want to give her one of these special books just to say thank you. And I said, okay. And so I got that, and I, I, I got the prophetic painting, put it in a little bag, I went into the office. And here's Michelle with Mark one of the co-workers, she's training. And we have a bit of a chat, Mark leaves. And then 
Uh, this is where, again, love is something that um, you don't need language, you don't need words, okay? You need the presence. The love is the presence of God. I give her the bookmark. And she, when I first met Michelle, when we checked in, she was very, very pleasant. She was pleasant, but she was very businesslike and she was very, very professional, very pleasant. But when, we came, when I came in, I gave her the bookmark. Her face started to crack and she started to cry. She started to tear up. And, I'm, and, and we, I said, we just want to say thank you for letting us check in, for your kindness, for letting us check in early. Nothing even spiritual about what I said. She starts to cry. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, this is a good start. I'm thinking this is a good start. <laughs> so, oh, and also, I wanted to give you this, so I gave her the, the, the photo book. And she just starts to cry. The tears are dripping down her face. And, and, um, and the word the Lord gave me was, I had a painting that I, I painted last year. And I'll show, I'll show you on, online. This is, I painted a house. I painted a house. And if you can see this, you probably can't see from there, but I painted Jesus standing there with, uh, with arms open. It was an open door. And someone's trudging up to the front. Okay. And the Lord said, give her this. And tell her, tell her that, um, tell her that home, is, home is really important. The word was home is really important to you. And... Um, but Jesus wants you to know that you always have a home with him. You always, he will always welcome you. He always has a home with you. And, and the Lord said, after she's already started crying, I'm like, okay. Um, and then I gave her the painting and I gave her the word. She starts to bawl. She starts to really cry. And she, says, and she starts to say, you know, through her, her, her tears, I don't, I've got a story. You don't know my story. And she said that, um, she indicated, she didn't tell me a lot about her story, but that she had a pretty hard life. And that home was not something that was, was, was a reality or new in her life. And, and she said, my husband and I, we've been here in Grafton for two years, um, but it's been hard to build a home because the floods last year in Lismore, which is a near town, um, destroyed a lot of buildings. And he's a carpenter. And he works there Monday to Friday. He comes back on the weekend, so we don't have a lot of time together and we don't have a lot of time to, to build a home. And she was just brokenhearted. And the Lord just, through that specific word, was able to, 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 to speak to her. And she said, my husband's a believer. I'm searching. And, and it was like the Lord said, okay, I'm sending two people to you to let you know that I love you. And that, that with no uncertain terms, that I love you. I know where you are. And I want you to know that, that, that you belong with me. And then she just put her arms out, just like the painting. She said, just like the painting. He's God he wa- who wants me. He wants me, she was saying. And I was like, well, this is a holy moment. This is a holy moment of the Lord touching her. And, and, and to top it off, after all that, I spent a little bit of time with her, just sharing the good news. Um, she said, whatever you want to give me for the motel, I'll just take. So we don't usually give to motels, but she took all these Bibles and then she said, oh, can you pray for Mark? Mark was the co-worker that she was with. He needs a kidney transplant. And so can we pray together? So we just got together, this woman and I, and we just prayed for her co-worker right there and then in the office. Um, and that was, and I thought we were just coming home. But the Lord obviously hadn't finished what he was doing. So one God, one person, one way. Is it simple enough? Yeah. 111, he said, 
This is important. Tell my people this. And I want to leave you one last scripture from John 15, verse 16. And in the Passion Translation, it says this. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. So that's for all of you. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my Father for my sake, he will give it to you. So this is my parting command. And in, the, um, in a different version, it says this is my root command, which is, the, again, like I said, not all truths are horizontal or equal. Some are more important that other truths flow through. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. Amen to that. Now, before I go, I just... Um, I want to show you some of the, what God did. He touched a lot of people when we were away. Um, it was a blessing for me that God showed me I was able to paint with my left hand. But uh, so, so these are some of the paintings I painted with my left hand that I was able to give away to people um, whilst on, being on the road. Uh, this one went to Sean. And God's, God's word was, um, you know, sometimes you feel like you have to walk on water. And he said, yeah, like that man there. He says, yeah, well, just keep paddling towards the horizon because that's where God is and he loves you. Uh, um, this went to the, to, to the um, women's shelter for new beginnings. And uh, these are just uh, copies, but uh, these are ones that... And one went to a person, and the person I spoke to, who's unchurched, said, that's like Jesus in his throne room. <laughs> and, and we were able to talk about how, um, you know, the word for him was courage that just like a surfer, you don't ride a wave all the way to shore. You've got to turn around, you've got to paddle back out there to catch the next wave. And God wants you to know that you are people, you, you and your wife, Holly, are people of courage. And that was part of the word that God had for, for them. I, I, I want to pray for all of you. But before I do, whether it's online or whether it's someone here, sometimes the Lord, he used to wake me up and give me prophetic letters. And though I had a prophetic letter for, for a lady in uh, Tweet Heads, we brought 20 blankets. We, we went to Big W one night. We had fun. And we said, okay, let's just buy all the blankets. So a shelf full of blankets. We just emptied Big W of blankets. And we brought it down to Tweet Heads. And apparently Tweet Heads, Ballina area, is the highest rate of homelessness in New South Wales at the moment. So we were able to, on a Sunday, they were, we had to do some liaising for someone to meet us there to open the gates to receive the blankets. But I had a prophetic letter for a lady there too. But this is for someone, and I just want to read it to you. And it's for someone, and if it belongs to you, you can come to me quietly afterwards and I'll give it to you. But it could be for someone online too. Hi, dear friend. I've sent this letter to you to let you know that I love you. Please don't be afraid. I want you to know that I know your name. You once knew me, and I want you to know I've never left your side. I understand that something happened in your past made you feel like you had let others down, and also let yourself down, and you cannot seem to get past it. I can see it hurts and haunts you, and much of life now appears to be lived in reaction to it. However, I want you to know that the past doesn't define you in my eyes. So please don't let it define your idea of who you are. I came into this world so you can know that I can restore and fix anything. Anything. I want you to know that I restore things permanently, which means when it is gone, it's gone. It isn't correction that restores. It is my love. 
I have the ability and power to see past any mistakes and wounds, and I have enough hope and love, mercy and kindness to mend all things. I am not intimidated by anything. That is why I came to take all mistakes, pains, and sorrows to myself. So if you're willing to trust me, I can start a new beginning with you. Let my love define you instead. Let my hope empower you enough to help you dream again. I will always be with you. I believe in you, and I love you always. Love, Jesus. And if it's not for anybody, it's, it might be for somebody on our next trip. So, I've, But I've got it here. If it is for somebody, I'll leave it there. Anyway, that was the message. I hope it's okay. Shall I pray? Okay, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Lord, I just thank you for the Rogers family, for, for Glenn and, and, and um, Diane and Kieran at home, Kiara, Kat, and just for all the lovely people here. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you love each and every one of them and you know their story. And you know their story and you want to make your story with them. You want to create history with them, his story with them, Lord. And I want to ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just uh, fill each heart with that thing we call love, that we talk and sing about, but we don't really understand it, Lord. But we want to ask that you, we want to say yes, yes, Jesus, to you, that you would just come into our hearts, that you would love us. And if we know your love, that we want to know it more. And if those who don't know your love, Lord, just let your love, Lord, just come in. And just embrace each heart that's here and each heart that's listening and watching this. Lord, I just want to pray that you set people free, Lord. That you would just empower us to dare to believe, to have the courage to step out of the boat, to love. Lord, not be the whole ball game, Lord. But just to be a sign so that people can wonder and point towards you and wonder at how wonderful you are. Lord, I ask for eyes to be open and ears to be open right now in Jesus' name to your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I also feel like... Um, there are, there are people here who think, yeah, I'm just too young to know that I can make a difference. And the Jesus wants you to know that um, you're not too young. He was 12 when he bamboozled the, the, the experts in church. And, um, and, um, and, and every time you step out, God wants you to know that every time you step out to love somebody, to show kindness, He'll back you up. Jesus said he'll back you up. And there, are, there, there is maybe a couple of people here or listening that think, yep, yeah, I've done something that's just, I can't even forgive myself for that. And, and the Lord wants you to know, and, and you see yourself, you've seen yourself that way since then. And God wants you to know that um, he doesn't see you like that that the blood of Jesus and the power of the cross is so powerful that it's wiped it away. 
and that what you're believing is a lie about yourself. And right now, in Jesus' name, I just want to break the power of that lie and that, that, that union that, that you've embraced. I break the chains of that lie off you in Jesus' name. Because lies are only powerful when we, when we empower it. So we just want to disempower those lies right now in Jesus' name. And just pray for just your presence, Jesus, to come walk through. Locked doors do not intimidate you. The disciples, after you were crucified, were in a locked room, and you just walked right through the door, the locked door. They don't stop you from coming, Lord. And you, I just pray right now, Jesus, you would come in and you would just open the prison doors and that you would just rescue every person that needs to be rescued from that prison in Jesus' name. And I ask for hope to be put into every heart now that they will hear your spirit speak, Lord, and, you, and to say, yeah, I can walk with you, Jesus, in this. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.